This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot. All these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warrior. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay, welcome. It's uh, Tuesday, 22 November in the year of our Lord, 2022. It is the uh, anniversary of the assassination of uh, President Kennedy back in 1963. We'll talk more about that uh, later in the show. I've got, we're going to be, a lot of people traveling, obviously, for the holiday season. And um, we've got some very special things happening. Dave Bratt's going to join me tomorrow night at six we're going to do a pregame on thanksgiving um to walk through um not just the holidays and the traditions and back of it but the philosophical um the philosophical background of the puritans and the pilgrims and and those that came in, and actually the the cavaliers and the freebooters down in, in jamestown so we're going to compare and contrast uh that and then on thursday going to have a two hours i'm going to be with um the patriots history of the United States, Larry Swikert is going to join me for all the details of the pilgrims and uh, uh, the founding of the nation uh, and the day we celebrate. And also President Lincoln, the second hour we're going to focus on President Lincoln, where President Lincoln actually, after uh, Gettysburg, declared the uh, National Day of Thanksgiving in 1863. So we'll cover all that with the Patriots history of the United States. I think it will be, uh, as you're traveling around on Thursday morning, it'll be something that you will want to uh, listen to or watch if you can. Okay, we got a lot to get to today, a lot of signal, not noise. We're going to be a little bit, um, uh, I'm not saying jumping in and out, but people are traveling. We've got a lot of people by phone. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, McCarthy, uh, Kevin McCarthy and a team of uh, congressional uh, uh, um, delegates are going down to El Paso. I think when you're in El Paso, they always, all the photo ops are in front of the wall that we built, and we built the wall right there, the best mile of wall ever built straight up that mountain to keep the cartels out. Uh, I think they're going to be there in front today. He's supposed to be making a very special announcement about Mayorkas. Uh, they've been tweeting it out, so we're going to get to, we'll, we'll get to all that. Also, Maggie Haberman, who's really got the Trump watch over at uh, the New York Times, she tweets out today that she can see the, the contours of the attack of uh, President Trump's uh, President Trump's primary run, and that is to go after uh, the, the to to make sure that everybody understands this is about the power and the money, and the money's all tied to the CCP. So we're going to get to that later. We've got a very special report, six hundred page analysis of the laptop from hell. Natalie Winters is going to be here. Garrett Ziegler will join us. So we got a lot going on. Uh, Gates is going to come in. Some congressmen may jump in here. Uh, another congressman came out last night, uh, said he would never vote for McCarthy. Uh, um, all of that. Um, okay. Do we ha- do we just drop the uh, we drop Cortez? Yes. Okay, that's okay. I can I can ramble on forever. <laughs> just let's. Whenever we're going to have Steve Cortez, we got a lot of analysis uh, to go. Maybe we just get him on the phone then. 
people are traveling, so we normally have obviously try to get as many guests up here as Skype as possible, but it's uh, it may or may not work out. Okay, so here's what's going on. You've got this huge fight on Capitol Hill. Remember, we've got the lame duck. The lame duck. They're going to all come back. Congress is out of town this week. They're all going to come back on you know Sunday. I think for a Monday start. They've only got then what is that the twenty eighth. So they've only got, uh, and they say they're going to leave on the 15th. That will never happen. Basically, they had two or three weeks. They're, try- they're going to try to get monumental things done uh, and not good things uh, to, to basically lift the debt ceiling. And quite frankly, Biden and some people, I guess I shouldn't say that. Biden said he doesn't want to do it, but there's some radical Democrats that want to do away with the debt ceiling altogether. Remember, that's your one piece of uh, your piece of leverage. Also. And Chuck Schumer said this. Chuck Schumer talked about the uh, Chuck Schumer talked about the replacement theory. He says, "Hey, the reason you need uh, all these illegal aliens and all the phony uh, asylum seekers, right? Not the people are phony. They're, they're economic migrants. We understand that, but that's not not elig- that does not make you eligible for uh, asylum here in the United States. It has to be direct political uh, oppression. Things that you can absolutely sh- show, like people coming from." Uh, mainland China that have been oppressed by the uh, by the CCP economic migrants we would have you know we just had the eighth billionth um, child born here in the world you'd have six billion people that want to live here in the United States um, and so economic migrants doesn't you know doesn't hack it we saw from Todd Benzman's uh, magnificent report and I think this report is informing some of the stuff that McCarthy and these guys are talking about and that is um you know, McCarthy, I'm sure, is sitting there saying they're going to put Mayorkas on notice. They're going to put Mayorkas on notice that investigation is going to start that will lead to his impeachment because of his lies, his perjury to Congress, his misrepresentation, and his breaking of the law. Uh, and Todd Benzman, the amazing report coming out of CIS that showed how well thought through this is. Remember, they, they caught, oh, we had all this chaos and we had to, you know, put all these emergency measures down there and all these emergency camps. We know from um, from Oscar uh, Blue Ramirez. We know from Michael Yan uh, down in the Darien Gap. We know from Todd Benzman. We know from the great Ben Burkwam. We know from everybody that this is a very well organized thought due process, right? And of course, Todd Benzman's report the other day, which is shocking, you get up on CIS and it's linked to it on the War Room site. This plan of what humanitarian parole, which was like before done for you know uh, maybe a police officer was shot. And, and came across the, and you know, he had to get him across the border for medical care. That's not what's been used for. They actually have um, stations now sh- set up in Mexico to process people in Mexico and to make sure they get them through in the dark of night, so they're not really counted in the in the you know the what the five million that they've put here in the last two years. So it is um, those are the types of things in this um, lame duck. The fight over the lame duck is to make sure that they don't do these radical, radical um, policies and programs they want to do. Listen, I think because of the war room posse, you having your shoulder to the wheel, that looks like the debt ceiling is not going to get done. It looks like the amnesty is not going to get done. Why are they not going to get done? They can't get enough Republican senators to go around. The reason they can't get enough Republican senators to go around is because they're afraid of the uh, of the of the. Uh, of the blowback from um, from their constituents. In fact, uh, it was Josh Hawley that said uh, yesterday was was quoted as saying, "Hey, the blowback from uh, from Republican bo- voters would be too intense. Would be absolutely too intense." And so we've got those two down. There are many other things they're trying to do, including this massive uh, this two things: massive omnibus bill and a defense authorization act. 
the Defense Authorization Act has all the wokeness. And this is one of the reasons that the bottom's fallen out of their ability to recruit young Americans, because parents are very concerned about sending their kids, uh, first off, into foreign battlefields like Ukraine, right, to die. Uh, number two is that obviously with everything they're hammering, particularly in the South, there's a huge drawback in uh, in in recruiting in the South. And the South is still one of the most significant or not the most significant uh, providers of personnel uh, for the military. And so to stop the defense authorization and to kick that into next year where uh, this uh, the House and the Senate promises they're going to gut all the wokeness. Uh, in there, they're going to gut all the wokeness and just um, and just focus on the defense officer. I also think the defense budget has got to be cut, and I'm the biggest advocate of the of the anti CCP of the anti CCP. Um, do we have Do we have Gates? Is yeah. he ready? Let's go. I tell you what, I've got this open, and I'm going to come back to it. I've got Cortez, but I got to go to Matt Gates uh, real quickly. Congressman Gates, thank you very much for joining us here. I know you're traveling, and and really appreciate it. Uh, 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 Norman, Congressman Norman came out last night and said, uh, and said he was a gun, he was a, a hard no on McCarthy. I think that's four or five in the calculation. Walk us through where you stand on, on your efforts there. Sure. To catch everyone up last week, there were 36 votes against Kevin McCarthy in the Republican conference. And again, Kevin has had years to try to convince people of the worth of his candidacy since that time, zero of those 36 have come out to say, you know what, I voted against McCarthy previously, but I am now prepared to vote for him on the floor. Zero. Meanwhile, five members, which include myself, Andy Biggs, Bob Good, Matt Rosendale, and now most recently Ralph Norman, have all come out and said that our no vote on McCarthy is firm. It was not just a no vote within the Republican conference. It is a no vote we intend to carry for the floor, to the floor. The reason that's significant is because Republicans are expected to hold a four-seat majority. So five of us saying publicly, we have no intention of voting for McCarthy. We are firm in our opposition to him. Well, that ought to trigger a realization among Republicans that we need a consensus candidate. We need someone who is more broadly respected throughout the Republican conference, and we need someone who believes in a bottom-up, membership-empowered House of Representatives. A top-down system run by Kevin McCarthy is not preferable because we don't like top-down systems, but also because, you know, when conflict arises, the human instinct is fight or flight. And we have seen time and again that Kevin McCarthy chooses flight, you know, in the days following January 6th, he believed that Donald Trump should resign. And when I verbally criticized Liz Cheney, Kevin McCarthy said that might have been encouraging violence against people. And actually, in our country, we're smart enough to know that when we engage in discourse and debate and, yes, sometimes even sharp criticism, that doesn't greenlight violence. Oftentimes, that's what stops a civilized society from devolving into violence. I've seen Kevin McCarthy's behavior in the majority. He was the guy who was always willing to carry the bag for Paul Ryan. When you know, It's interesting to see McCarthy go around talking about all the subpoenas he wants to issue because when he was in the majority last, when he was the majority leader last, he did not utter one word in support of the subpoenas that Jim Jordan 
and at the time, Ron DeSantis and Mark Meadows and I were calling for in the House Judiciary Committee. So, you know, Kevin McCarthy will revert to his establishment mean the moment uh, he gets power. And that's why there are enough of us now, a critical mass standing as a bulwark against uh, his his ascension to the speakership. Okay, but over the last, what, 10 days or since the vote, I mean, it looks like you had this joint press conference. You got Comer putting up charts about Hunter Biden. We're going to have uh, Natalie Winters uh, and others in here in the second hour to go through that. You've got Jim Jordan coming off the chain on a number of things. They're down at the border today. They're going to make a special announcement on Mayorkas. MTG is out there like a precision-guided missile. Uh, it looks like it's all fight, no flight. Uh, you, you believe that that's too late? A con- are you telling your our audience that that's too late a conversion? Well, it's certainly easy to be in favor of fighting when you're in the minority, when the when the bullets aren't real, when the rounds aren't live. And we saw this in the Obamacare discussion, where you know Kevin McCarthy and Paul Ryan were willing to put the repeal of Obamacare on Obama's desk 60 times, knowing he would veto it. But then when the rounds were live, when we were in the majority, there was no sense of fight. So I'm concerned that as it relates to Kevin McCarthy, it's all a puppet show for him. It's all performative. It's not real. And that doesn't in any way discount the incredible oversight work that Congresswoman Green has done that Jamie Comer has done, that we are planning to do in the House Judiciary Committee. But that is not happening because of Kevin McCarthy. That is happening oftentimes in spite of Kevin McCarthy. And if you think that this is an optimized Republican team now, wait till we get a real fighter with real vision at the head of it, not someone who has to stick his finger into the air to see which way is the wind blowing before determining where to lead the troops into battle. You were all, all when you said the 31, and by the way, for the audience that's following at home, the 36, 36. I take it. 36, there's 31 no's is the pressure reporting. You're saying there's five abstentions? No, there were 30, there were 188 votes for Kevin McCarthy. There were 31 votes for Andy Biggs, and there were five votes for someone else. So, uh, that does, you know, wh- where I think that's important is that, you know, there were, <laughs> there's an entire, margin of victory yeah. for my standpoint in people who yeah. voted for neither mccarthy nor big i tell you congressman can you just hang on for a second short commercial break matt gates sticks with us on the other side and we got steve cortez and a lot else so hang around in the world you know what's never good when your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit 
on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Tuesday, 22 November, the year of roller 2022. We're now honored to be joined by Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina 5. Uh, Congressman Norman, uh, you were on the John Solomon show last night, made some uh, waves by saying that you were a hard no on Kevin McCarthy as uh, for speaker. Could you walk us through your thinking on that, sir? Sure. Well, Steve, first of all, uh, there's nowhere it's written that only one person can take the mantle of speaker. Kevin McCarthy has had four years to, I guess, make the case why he's the best uh, to, to handle the what's going to be a very difficult job. Speaker of the House is, a, is the most powerful position, I would argue, in the country today, particularly as it affects the purse strings which the House controls. Um, he did it with me. Well, I guess this was the, the, the thing that, one, I didn't understand, and, and two, I was shocked when in front of the caucus I said, uh, Kevin, would you agree to go with the RSC budget of seven years of balancing the budget, which had some severe cuts. And uh, he just said no. And not only is the leader responsible for presenting the plan, but just a solid no uh, led me to believe he's really not serious about it. I'm done with 20-year budgets. The American people are done. This country's got a cancer, and uh, Aspen's not going to cure it. And do I want McCarthy going in negotiating with uh, Schumer and uh, with the powers that be? It's just not in him to do it. Uh, he's a nice man. I like him. But this country's we've got problems. And economic, economic security is national security. The two go hand in hand. And I just don't think he's taking it seriously. And it's not business as usual in Washington. Do you think you and I would be having this conversation if the House, uh, if we had a 30 to 40 seat margin, no, it'd just be business as usual and and, and went on. And, and the the great thing about what happened, I never thought I'd say this, is is a slim majority. And, you know, it's going to take uh, 218 votes, and he just doesn't have it. And I decided to go ahead and join my others um, to, to come out uh, in the Freedom Caucus and, just, and, and others. Uh, just to say no, because I think there are other people that would lay out a vision for how we're going to get this country back on track. And it's not going to be easy, but I just don't think Kevin has made the case for it. And that's the short and simple uh, reason. You know, we do a lot of capital markets, and a lot of economics on here, Congressman, as you know. Uh, Steve Cortez is going to follow us here uh, to talk about that and talk about really they, they give this happy talk about a recession, maybe, maybe not. For working-class Americans, we're in a depression right now. I mean, they're getting hammered. You see this happy talk about the debt ceiling, they want to lift it. Are your constituents telling you that they want somebody finally to draw a hard line up there, that this spending, because this omnibus bill is going to have a trillion to $2 trillion unfunded uh, discretionary spending, are your constituents in South Carolina prepared to back you when we have to take the hard measures of going against this kind of radical mono, modern monetary theory, just print money, 
uh, Democrats and establishment Republicans? Or, or did they understand the scale of this crisis, sir? You know, we've always heard, I guess, for the last year, $30 trillion, uh, in debt. You know, when you add Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, I would make the arguments more like 60. Now, your average American, that really uh, didn't mean that much because it didn't affect them. But you ask the constituent, whether it's in South Carolina or anywhere in this country, the what are they feeling in the pocketbook when they go to buy gas? What are they feeling uh, when they go to buy groceries? Uh, the crime, the you know, all the above. And yes, that's why it's sinking in. And yes, something's got to change. And see, the the I'm not willing, and a lot of others are not willing to say, well, we've got to have a happy meeting because the Senate, we can't get it by the Senate. Well, I'm not in the Senate. And we do what we can in the House. And I want, and, and I told Kevin this months ago, I want a Ron DeSantis-type speaker. There's only one state that had a red wave, and I would make the argument that the reason Ron DeSantis uh, is popular and got the support that he did all across the board, from school board to House and Senate in Florida, is because he laid out a vision he did what he said, and that's what we're going to have to do. And, you know, I just don't think Kevin, he would have negotiated with us long before now. The only reason, and he's called, I just, before I went on, uh, on the call with you, he wanted to call a meeting of all of us when we get back on Tuesday, which I'm fine. But the time has passed for him to lay the vision out. But the answer to your question is absolutely, because they're feeling it. They don't can't comprehend uh, a trillion dollars, neither can I, when you look at what we're uh, saddling our children with. But uh, it's it's now never in my mind. And we can't say the Biden administration is not going to pass it. They're not going to do anything. It's our, it's our job to handcuff them as best we can. And a new speaker that will fight will do that. You uh, you know, over the last week since you guys have had this vote, you know, he's had com- Comers come forward with a pretty aggressive investigations of uh of hunter biden which we're going to get into later in the show you've had jim jordan looks like off the chain on fauci and other things they're at the border today for a photo op to talk about you know stopping the evasion on the southern border has any of the activities of kevin mccarthy since that vote and since you confronted him about the seriousness and by the way the rcs is the republican study committee's uh, plan they put out that seven years you actually get to a, a balanced budget and it does take it's got some severe cuts in discretionary spending has anything happened since that meeting that's le- led you to believe or maybe it's a wake-up call for mccarthy and maybe I'll, I'll be open next tuesday when he comes in and makes his argument sir you know i mean all those things are given steve the, the investigations yes uh, and as i told james calmer the other week i said james what I will help you do is let's have consequences. Let's just don't have the investigation. I mean, the, the, the evidence is there on Hunter Biden. I think on Joe Biden, the evidence is there, but let's, let's make sure we can, or take the steps to get the legal help to prosecute them. Uh, but there's so many other things. I mean, and Kevin made a great statement about going after, you know, uh, the, you know, using the Holman rule to defund the 85,000 IRS agents. That's, you know, we can, that's, that's a given. But I kind of considered it if, I, if, and I'm a real estate developer. If a house is on fire, uh, somebody tell me they're going to move the shrubs and take the algae out of the pool. How are you going to put the fire out in the house? That's the thing I'm concerned about. Our military is at the lowest it's ever been. The mandatory spending is now over 71%. Military's down, I think, to 
14 to 15 percent. We just, if you're broke, you can't do anything. And I made a pledge that I wasn't sent to Congress to bankrupt it. And with Kevin McCarthy, I think he will do, you know, if I'm wrong and if he gets it, uh, he'll do the obvious. But, uh, you know, where is he on Section 230, taking out big tech on uh, what they did to you and others? I mean, how's he going to fight that? We should have had a plan. And there's no different than if I pledge you to build your house, I think you've got a right to ask me what kind of house, give me your vision, give me the blueprints. He has not done that, and the time is gone for that. And that's why I came out when I did. Congressman Norman, people are going to want to follow you very closely. Do you know your social media or the website that people go to? They find out more about you, more about your constituents, and more about your policy positions? Yes, repralphnorman.com. RepRalphNorman.com. We'll get it up on all of our chat rooms and on the site. Uh, Congressman Norman, thank you for taking time away from your busy schedule to join us today. My pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, sir. Let me bring in Steve Cortez. Uh, Brother Cortez, or have Cortez. Brother Cortez, um, I think Congressman Norman, let's leave the McCarthy. That's for people to decide on what the audience to jump in here. But certainly about the hard, this is what I keep saying, all the easy decisions are in back of us about the hard decisions regarding uh about the hard decisions regarding the the financial uh, uh crisis of the country Congressman Norman's dead spot on is he not sir No he certainly is and uh look and I believe that Kevin McCarthy is not the lion that we need right now to rise to that occasion and I say that based on the evidence of his past behavior you know Congressman Gates mentioned how he betrayed President Trump following Jan 6 when things were tough for the president, tough for the MAGA movement, he secretly conspired with Liz Cheney to try to force President Trump prematurely from office. He then later lied about it and got caught in that lie by Rachel Maddow, somebody I don't praise very often, but she did a, a great service for the country by outing him through investigative journalism and producing the receipts that he lied about that. Uh, he also, let's go to on-the-record stuff, he believes, of course, in, in escalating the war in Ukraine, which has been disastrous not just for our national security, but also for our economic security. And by the way, speaking of economic security, here's another reason I think we can't trust Kevin McCarthy, is his extremely close professional relationship with Frank Luntz, and not just that, but his personal relationship with Frank Luntz. They're actually roommates, which I find to be beyond strange, or they were at one time anyway. Frank Luntz is the exact opposite of our movement's insistence on promoting the prerogatives of working-class Americans. He is literally a stooge of the ruling class. He is, in many ways, their media mouthpiece, and he is extremely close professionally and personally with Kevin McCarthy. We get all of that taken in totality tells me there is no way that this man can rise to the occasion to be the lion we need to start healing this nation, particularly when the House of Representatives, right now in Washington, D.C., is the only lever that we have. Now, it's a huge lever, very significant lever, but right now, it's our only lever, okay? So we cannot entrust the House to Speaker McCarthy, in my view. And I think both Gates and Norman, they are both patriots, they are smart congressmen, and they're right here. And believe me, this story is far from over, Steve. No, no. The, what about Norman's? Hey, when I asked Kevin, he's going to balance the budget. And look, the RCS budget is a tough budget. Gets you there in seven years. He just said right. no outright. And he's looking for somebody. He knows that you're going to have to have these massive fights on appropriation. Does he not, uh, Steve Cortez? He does, because he knows what time it is in America right now, not just politically, but financially in an era of rising interest rates. So this country got addicted to low interest rates that uh, that lasted for far too long because of what the Federal Reserve and the rest of permanent Washington did to the country, suppressing interest rates artificially. 
And the reality is we because those rates were artificially low, Steve, we were able to get away with things that we can no longer get away with now. Yeah. Uh, Steve, can you hang on for one second? Steve Cortez joins us by phone. we got some charts to go through. Dave Walsh going to join us on energy. Over in Egypt, we agreed to reparations, and we pointed the finger at China, and guess what? No respect. Absolutely got our face ripped off because they want your trillions, <clears throat> but they want even more. They want your sovereignty. All next in the war room. Friends, if the current diesel fuel crisis gets any worse, truckers might not be able to deliver enough food to grocery stores in the coming months. Are you ready for that? It's a real threat. But here's a very real solution. Right now, you can stock up on emergency food and save a ton of money with this offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off $250 on each three-month emergency food kit. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help families more. This is the lowest price since 2019. So get it while you can. Remember, supply chain breakdowns are still impacting everyday life. You must be able to depend upon yourself for survival. So get this food today. Go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. Preparewithbannon.com. And you'll save 250 bucks on each three-month emergency food kit you get. Your order ships fast and it ships free. Don't wait for empty stores. Don't wait for empty shelves. Go to preparewithbannon.com right now. Preparewithbannon.com. Use your agency. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Matt Gates now joins us. Uh, Matt, real quickly, uh, Congressman Norman, uh, his, his issue is that Understanding the financial crisis the country's in and only going to get worse, particularly on spending, out of control spending, the debt ceiling, everything like that. He doesn't think Kevin McCarthy has really, because the question he asked him in the conference, doesn't think that he's really committed to having to stand up to the not just radical Democrats, but even the establishment Republicans that just want to keep this madness of this massive spending. The omnibus bill this time is going to be what, a trillion, trillion and a half, two trillion dollars. And, and Norman brings a good point up. We never talk about it. That it's $31 trillion of face amount of debt. It's nine and a half trillion over at the at the uh at the Treasury gets you to four. And he thinks there's another twenty, thirty trillion dollars of of basically hard obligations in front of you for the uh for Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare. So um it it, it a very much of a hard no. I want to ask you why we got you though about the special counsel. The special counsel, there's been a lot of information put out by Mike Davis, Paul Sperry over the New York Post about uh, his wife is a radical Trump hater, not just a supporter. Anybody can support other candidates, but I mean, she's a virulent hater of Donald Trump. Is that not such a conflict that he's got to recuse himself? I mean, how can he go forward as special counsel knowing his wife is, is one of the leaders in the not never Trump, but the pure out hate Trump movement? Steve, you have to wonder whether or not at the Department of Justice they even check these things or if the bias is actually the point. Let's remember, this is an appointment of a special counsel that is explicitly political. In his announcement of the appointment, Merrick Garland said, I am doing this because Donald Trump has announced that he is running for president again and because Joe Biden 
has indicated his intention to run for president again. And so you would think that if the stated purpose to avoid any type of uh, concern about bias were sincere, that they would at least check to see whether or not when you shake the family tree of the special counsel, any virulent Trump haters, never Trumpers, Biden supporters fall out. And this is deja vu all over again, because, of course, we saw Mueller assemble a team that had very well demonstrated bias against President Trump. One has to wonder if we shouldn't address this legislatively so that in the future, whether it's Republicans or Democrats being investigated, you don't have the very people in the throes of the political conflict trying to migrate their political grievance into the criminal justice process. That's what we see in the poorest third world countries on the planet Earth. It's not what we should be seeing in the United States of America. But I don't want to sit around hand-wringing and bedwetting over this. I think we ought to use the power of the purse to defund this explicitly political exercise against President Trump. So you're saying if, if, if Merrick Garland doesn't do the proper thing and just remove Smith, uh, or if Smith doesn't do the honorable thing and recuse himself because of his bias and his wife's obviously hatred of Trump, you're saying that the, the House ought to throw down hard and just defund the entire thing, correct? Of course, because there is no rhyme or reason to this. How can you say that we have to have a special counsel, any special counsel, to go after Trump because of politics and the need to separate the Department of Justice from this decision-making when you've got Hunter Biden committing documented crimes and you've got the White House chief of staff, Ron Klain, saying, oh, of course, Joe Biden doesn't believe his son has committed any crimes. So, I mean, th there is no standard here that would hold up to any reasonable objective scrutiny about even the appointment of the special counsel. Then you get into the specifics of who the person is. And uh, another thing I noted that's very different from typical Justice Department practice, there is such a focus on haste here and the timing. I mean, in Merrick Garland's announcement, he said over and over again how he wanted this to be done promptly and he wanted this to be done quickly. And usually the Justice Department actually takes pride in how judicious they are, how they review potential defenses, get all the evidence. And then in Jack Smith's statement that he put out, he talks about how the investigation will not uh, in any way suffer a delay under him. And th there seems to be a calculation based on a political clock, not based on the review of the facts and the law and evidence. Uh, and it, it just thinks to high heaven. So, yeah, if the Department of Justice wants to play these games, we should not sit idly by as America is, like, converted into Rwanda. Instead, we ought to fight back with the power of the purse. That's what the people have given us. And I'm far more concerned about the FBI categorizing derogatory about Hunter Biden as Russian disinformation than I am about whatever dispute President Trump is in with the archivist. Matt uh, Gates, how do people follow you on social media? Where do they go? At Matt Gates, at Rep Matt Gates. We're on Getter. We're on Twitter. We're on Truth Social. And uh, we're, we're spitting the truth, and we're going to hold this corrupt regime accountable. Congressman Gates, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Let me go back to state. I've got Cortez. I got Dave Walsh, Michael Patrick Lay. He's going to join us. We got a lot. We're going to go to Arizona. A lot to get through, but we're going to get there. Uh, first off, Cortez, uh, your your thoughts of the special counsel and particularly the Mrs. Special Counsel it looks like a, an abundance of just pure Trump hate. Right. Do you agree with Do you agree with Gates that we got to defund it, or should Garland uh, should Garland fire the guy? Or should the guy recuse himself? What's the best option? Clearly, it can't go forward like this. This is impossible. Right. And the Democrats are on notice. It's impossible. We're not going to stand for this kind of crap. This is what you did for for the Russiagate thing. It's just more nonsense. And people have had a belly full of it. Okay. So your thoughts, Cortez? No, 100%. And by the way, this just further, uh, you know, embodies and reveals to the public the intense systemic corruption of permanent Washington, the fact that they they thought they could pass this over on us, right? I mean, it's insane. Uh, and so if he has any honor, he'll recuse himself, not holding my breath. Garland should fire him, again, not holding my breath, which means that the power of the purse, again, this lever that I talked about previously, the lever of power that we have because we earned it, winning over the gavel from Nancy Pelosi, the House of Representatives, it must be used because this is a second sham special counsel. And it's not, by the way, just his wife's conflicts. When we also look at his own past as a prosecutor, particularly related to Bob McDonald, the former governor of Virginia, that was an absolute witch hunt prosecution. And I wasn't a fan of Bob McDonald, much more of an establishment Republican, you know, not my taste politically. But the point is he was persecuted for political reasons because he was starting to gain currency among national Republicans in the country. And he went after him with a political witch hunt. He weaponized a prosecution that was later overturned nine to zero at the Supreme Court, a a rarity. You don't see that very often, but that's how out of bounds Jack Smith was in his persecution of Bob McDonald. Why would we not believe that he's going to do the same thing against Donald Trump when, if anything, he he certainly has far more personal vitriol toward Trump than he did versus McDonald. Yeah. And the wife, she knows she's guilty as hell. She, she, she's hiding. She took down our social media. Put it back right. up. I mean, we went to the Wayback Machine. We got you dead to rights, but put it back up. You guys are so tough talking and all this. And as soon as they, as soon as they put the spotlight on them, they run like cockroaches, right? Well, put your social media. If you hate Trump, put it back up. What are you hiding for? We're going to out Steve, everything about you people. Go ahead, sir. The, the other thing is Garland just simply doesn't have the guts, right, to do this prosecution himself because if he believes in it, he should. This is not the, the intent at all of the special counsel statute. That would be if he were investigating Biden, okay, his exactly. boss. That's when the special counsel is called for. So, for example, investigating the Hunter laptop and how it leads to the big guy Joe Biden, that is the appropriate use of a special counsel. There's no conflict here. He doesn't work for Trump. He doesn't answer to Trump. Quite the opposite, in fact. He's incredibly antagonistic toward Trump. Uh, so if he had any guts... He actually would issue this indictment himself. He doesn't, and he's trying to create distance, I think, largely because he fears people like Matt Gates, who are suddenly going to come into power, uh, subpoena power, you know, particularly when it comes to the new incoming House. Garland's on the on the watch list for impeachment. Trust me, Garland's going to get impeached, and if he, they force him to resign or have Biden fire him before he gets removed from office. But, you know, for a guy that ha- his reputation was everything, we're going to tear your reputation apart because yeah. – Wait for it. You suck. Okay. I hate to let me right. just cut to the chase. Cortez, um, to Ralph Norman's about his constituents. And I want you to go, you got a magnificent article. You connect out to Ukraine. I mean, they're, they're up there talking about $37 billion, but that's just, that's just yep. the, that's just the beginning. 
the, the Russians have destroyed, as you said, they're going to do all their infrastructure. So now they're going to come back. It's going to be $200 billion a year to keep them just afloat. That doesn't include the, the reconstruction, which they're saying $750 billion right. to a trillion, right? And that's their opening number. So it'll be three times that. Plus, that didn't include the military part. We're just talking about how you, right. how you fund the, the operations because now you've got an entire failed nation brought about because – Reasonable heads didn't get together, and now Zelensky, because he fears the Republicans and, quite frankly, the MAGA movement is going to say no, not a penny. Now, all of a sudden, he's prepared to try to negotiate. But but you, you've done a brilliant job of comparing and contrasting the Ukraine fiasco to how it's impacting ordinary Americans. Take it away, sir. Yes. So, and I have a brand new article up on this on Substack. You know, we came very close last week to a new Russian missile crisis. You know, only this one didn't involve actual Soviet missiles and it wasn't 90 miles away. This one is 5,000 miles away. And in fact, the missiles that hit Poland were from Ukraine, not from Russia. Um, And yet Zelensky tried to goad and shame NATO into getting into a kinetic shooting war with Russia over this scam, this idea that these missiles, in fact, came from Russia. Uh, thankfully, cooler heads quickly prevailed, and both Poland as well as NATO have contradicted Zelensky, who still has refused to back down, by the way, has not apologized, has not even recognized that his inflammatory, incendiary rhetoric that is trying to get the United States into World War III was a complete lie. They were his missiles, and it was either incompetence or him doing something even more sinister, right? trying to actually create um, a, a reason, a pretext to get the United States in the war. But regardless, what I do in the article is contrast the amount of money that we have spent there. And I think a lot of folks don't realize just how big it already is and it can become. And contrast that with the plight of working class Americans right now. And Steve, you sent me an article uh, which opened my eyes even, as pessimistic as I've been on the economy. Right now in America, the median worker to afford the median price department needs to work 63 hours a week, an all-time high. Not a 40-hour work week. No, it is time and a half and then a few more hours on top of that. If you work a five-day week, you need to work from 8 in the morning till 8 at night just to afford a median-priced apartment. Forget about luxuries in life. Forget about having dependents, by the way, about perhaps having uh, several children and perhaps a stay-at-home spouse, okay? That's just to pay the bare necessities. So at this time, when Americans have to work literally time and a half to afford the necessities of life, we have shoveled over $50 billion so far to Ukraine. If Biden gets what he wants in this lame duck session, we will get to over $90 billion just in this calendar year for Ukraine. To put that in context, Steve, that is twice as much as we spent on average in the American war in Afghanistan. Okay, that disastrous two decade long adventure, as costly as that was in human terms, certainly, and also in treasure. Uh, it was not costly compared to what we are doing in Ukraine. That's the scale of the spending right now. And the American people need to realize that, need to demand in this lame duck session, no new spending on Ukraine. And then when the incoming uh, Republican House takes control, not only no new spending on Ukraine, but demanding that Zelensky and, and Kiev and Moscow get to the negotiating table. And I actually proposed in my article, and I'm not just being funny here, although it, there is some humor to it, Who would be better than to lead those negotiations? How about the peace president? How about Donald J. Trump? Let's take a short commercial break. I got Dave Walsh, Steve Cortez. We got a finish with Steve Cortez. Uh, I want to talk about that 63 hours. 63 hours just to pay the rent. This is why it's a depression for working class Americans. All next in the war room. 
In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com, offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, uh, Steve Cortez, about this being a depression for the American people, walk me through that, sir. Yes, and particularly for working class folks, most working class people don't buy new cars, particularly in this environment. They buy used cars. And uh, I want to show a couple of charts. If we can go to the, the first slide, chart one, which is a headline from the Wall Street Journal talking about the firm Carvana. Carvana is in particular trouble, okay? And it has some company-specific problems because it took on so much debt. But even though it's the most egregious example, it is hardly the only example of a company that is being punished by these twin forces, these twin headwinds of rising interest rates, making the debt unsustainable, and then also cratering demand for used cars because working class people have been so imperiled by this Biden inflation. So if we can go to chart number two, to prove my point that it's not Carvana specific only, Carvana is the worst example. It has lost 97% of its value in the last year. I also put CarMax up there to show a company that is it seems to be in better shape financially, but is still absolutely flailing as far as its stock price. CarMax is down 55% over the last year. So the trend in both of them, while it's worse than Carvana, the trend in both of them is demonstrably from the upper left to the lower right for those who could see the charts. And my point here is the used car market is an absolute free fall. Let's stop with the academic debates about whether or not we're in a recession. We are in a very deep recession for working class Americans, a, a recession that is teetering on the edge of a depression if we don't start to take action. And that's the reality. That's what, what regular working class Americans are living with. At the same time, again, just hearkening back to the last segment, at the same time that we're sending tens of billions of dollars over to Zelensky so he can try to goad us into World War III. You're a hard no on, you would tell these guys coming back in the lame duck, you're a hard no, the American people, you're a hard no on any additional support for Ukraine. Let Europe deal it, deal with that and let Zelensky get to the table and, and get this thing put to bed, correct? Basically, your bottom line on this? 100%. The answer is zero. 
Thank you. Uh, Steve Cortez, your stuff up on Substack's amazing. How do people get to all your different content? Yeah, please see my new article. Uh, you can find me at Getter's The Best Place. I'm at Steve. I'm also on Twitter at Cortez, Steve Cortez with an S. Steve, thank you very much for taking time away from the holidays. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Okay, we got a lot, a lot to get to. We're going to get Michael Patrick Lay with the Arizona paper he started. He's going to join us about and every all these counties. I think it's up to four counties now saying they're not prepared to certify the election out there. They're going to delay it to next week to see what Maricopa does in answering the response to the attorney general. But I want to stay in economics and, and particularly in energy. Uh, Dave Walsh, you've done an amazing job on, on all this, but the Guardian has a uh, the Guardian has an article up that uh, says that after the United States drove the reparations discussion and set up the framework, hoping it would get us allies to say, "Hey, you're such good guys, and you're really, you know, John Kerry and Joe Biden, you're you're really uh, feeling, and you and you're, you know, you really embrace, uh, you know, you really embrace us." And yes, isn't China bad? The CCP's bad. The exact opposite happened. No love, just mockery, and they're just saying, hey, this is just the start of, uh, of something massive. You actually quoted yesterday that it's 4 to $7 trillion a year. You, where, where did you pull that out from, Dave Walsh? That's been reported in the Indian media in a, in a very detailed uh, uh, analysis of the weekend negotiations by the committee the committee that's working on kicking the can down the road to next year's COP meeting to finalize how this is going to work as the articulated implementation required per annum for this to be effective is four to six trillion per year in reparations or loss and damage funding to the nations that have been damaged. That's their target that emerged according to Indian news reports in the negotiations on Sunday. It's huge. It's huge. And, and of course, to this article today by The Guardian, yeah, of course, when 120 to 130 nations in the world would be happy recipients of that ki- kind of money from Western Europe and, and North America, of course, they're going to be clamoring that we were disingenuous in bringing this up in the first place and then wanting China to participate. China, who emits 30 percent of the world's CO2, if it matters. And we need to get to that because we're we're missing the key point here. This, this whole discussion is a bogus one uh, at the core, at the science core. But China emits 30% of the globe CO2. All of the EEU 28 nations plus the U.S. and Japan emit about 27% of it. So China is, if, if we're really going to worry about this, China put an override on the cost of your exports. We we have a net balance of trade negative with China of half a, half a tree in a year. Go ahead and put a price adder on those to cover cleaning up your coal plants. Do that. The WTO would be supportive of that. The WTO has all kinds of regulations on fair trade and on um, fair contracting between countries. If indeed you're polluting badly and you need to have an override in, in cost to go ahead and pay for the scrubbers and the back-end environmental controls on your power plants, please do that with the money you receive for imports, for exports rather. They're importing here a half a tree in a year in product over what we export to them. Put an override in price to pay for this if it's a problem. They've got the resources to do it. They've clearly got the resources to do it. That's a, you know, if this is an issue and they deem it to be one, that's how it should be funded. Price, price but, for but, it. Price for it and do it yourself. Hang on. So you have price discovery, but correct me if I'm wrong. China has not changed one item. They do a little happy talk, but they haven't changed one item in their industrial plan and how they right. how they provide energy to that manufacturing industrial powerhouse. Whereas the West 
does backflips. You got all this madness with the Biden administration. It's yep. one of the reasons that we're in this. So we change radically. They've got the, the third world nations are going to have these programs and never let them get to really development. Yet China keeps rolling. This is the problem with the Paris Accord. How did Biden and these radical cult of climate folks get into this jam? Dave Brett or Dave uh, Walsh. Well, I think, I mean, we've documented in this forum pretty, pretty effectively that they've been paid in part for their privilege through uh, Hunter's conduit of funding to, to his father over time to be heavily influenced by their positions. But of course, we've got the, a huge amount of our commercial enterprise in, in big tech and the media. Also, uh, uh, China is a huge customer for them. They get very, they get very shifted by that funds flow to siding with their positioning on things. Because the actual fact, for example, on coal-fired generation, Xi Jinping has been at 59% of his total mix, has promised to get to 58 and hold that percentage for the next 15 years. That implies 9% per year growth in coal-fired uh, <laughs> generation. He said he's going to increase Dave, it. Dave, just hang over a second. It's so sick. It's not funny, but short break. Dave Walsh, Michael Patrick Leahy on the other side. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. 
You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.